Can you actually grow your income while getting out from behind the chair? We're going to talk about that and a whole lot more all on today's show. Stick around. Salon owners are some of the most amazing people on planet Earth. The only problem is sometimes their hearts are so big and they give so much of themselves to their staff and guests that it creates unintended consequences. Our goal is to change the industry by elevating the way the rest of the world sees salons, spas, and barbershops and give it the credibility that it truly deserves. This is the Salon Owner Evo Revo Show. Today's podcast is brought to you by Salon Scale, allowing you to charge by what you know, not by what you feel. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to today's show. My name is Jason Everett, and with me today, as always, is Doug Campbell. What's up, Doug? How's it going? Good Dude, to be good. here. I noticed you were rocking your drive a tank shirt from our last one of our recent uh, high octane adventures. You just reminded me of what it's like to drive over, uh, you know cars and crush, crush a car crush cars and shoot machine guns so thank you for that reminder by the way always appreciate that uh we're talking today about <clears throat> getting out from behind the chair is it possible for you to get out from behind the chair and actually still maintain your income or make more money from getting out from behind the chair and doug we were just saying inside the academy we've had a slew of people making the transition and coming coming out from behind the chair and becoming a a non behind the chair owner and actually making more money. Yeah. I mean, that's the deal it's, a lot of time it is more money and just cause it gives you the ability to focus and do what you need to do for your business. <coughs> Excuse me. Right. Um, whenever you get caught up behind the chair, it's things that you want. I think most people feel like they're just always behind because right. they don't have time to do it. And then it's like, you're, you're trying to manage something while you're, you're chained to something. Right. You're uh, doing a job all day long that requires your full undivided attention, and yet you still have a business to run, right? And I think, you know, I, I will never forget, Doug, when we met, however many years ago it's been now, like whatever it is, eight plus years ago, I remember Alice, your wife, and some a lot of you guys know Alice. Do me a favor and say Alice in the chat if you know Alice. But um, I remember Alice was like, no way will I ever get out from behind the chair. And I think this is a really important thing for us to talk about because so many people have Alice's same thought. Cause Alice loves being behind the chair. Like mm -hmm. love, love, love. Like, like I, I heard you tell the stories, Doug, about people saying like, if you ever move or stop working, I don't know what I'll do. Like people fly in from other cities to come see her. And like, I, I think that there's a lot of salon owners that have the same type of, you know, relationship with their guests. They're the best person in the salon. They're an artist inside their brand. They, you know, they're an incredible stylist. And what do you think are some of the fears that those stylists that are stuck behind the chair? And by the way, if you're a behind the chair owner, say behind the chair, say BTC in the chat, if you're a behind the chair owner, Doug, what do you think are some of the, the fears and the concerns about behind the chair owners if they were to make that transition? Well, I, I think they feel like the business would drop off because the quality wouldn't be if they're not there. Yeah. And I mean, I don't think it's like a, <clears throat> it's not a conscious thing. I think it's more one of those things that, that builds up over time. It's like, if I don't do it, then, it, but then I think the important thing is when people get the mindset and they understand, it's like, well, my job really is to grow people to be better than I am. So I have right. multiple people better than I am working in this and serving this community. Yeah. Uh, so like when those light bulbs start to come on, but I think some of it is, is you know, what, 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 so you kind of get caught. You know, one thing feeds the other. 
I'm so busy behind chair. I really don't have time to train other people up and give them the attention they need to be better than me. So That's therefore right. I can't do it. So, I mean, it's like, it's one of those, you just got to, and I think it's one of the great things with our, our group or, you know, that everybody's in our consulting group is that, you know, that, that community of support where other people say, yeah, you can do this. And it's one of the best right. decisions I ever made. And, you know, if you love doing hair and you still want to do a day or two behind the chair and that's just yeah. your escape time, there's nothing wrong with that. Because then you've got the rest of the time to actually work on your business and grow the people around you. I think that's the thing. People get caught up so much behind the chair and they, they have assistants and associates, but they're still not giving them the time that they need to really make them exceptional. Totally. That's one thing for Alice when she started rolling out. I think she was really surprised how excited the staff was that they had so much more access to her. Yes. And, I mean, because it's they're all their careers have gone up exponentially because she has a whole she lot can more time. Yeah, she spent well, time with them one on one and really get into some good stuff instead of it's just a, a drive-by thing. I mean, because, you know, she's got one of the best, uh, it sounds funny to say hair brains, uh, but she's got one of the best, I mean, like when it comes to color, I mean, it's like a computer in there that just, yeah. but when it, that computer's tied up with a client right. all the time, it's hard for the rest of the team to access it. But now the rest right. of the team got access to it and they're learning how to see and feel and instinctively be able to understand cutting and coloring to that level. So I think this is an important subject because I think that one of the biggest mistakes that any salon consulting or just other group can tell you is kind of one size fits all advice, Doug. We, we've talked about this a lot. Is it so often people hear advice like, well, get out from behind the chair. Can I tell you, if you're watching or listening to this right now, it might not be your time to get out from behind the chair or you might be overdue to get out from behind the chair, or it might be exactly the right time. So can we talk about that transitional time? Because I think this is really important. Is in the very beginning when you're launching your salon and you're kind of the first, you know, three to four stylists inside your salon, maybe your first five stylists, you probably are working behind the chair. You, you probably are, right? Like you're gonna be working behind the chair, you're gonna be a high level producer inside that salon. But as you grow up past 25,000, 30,000, $40,000 a month, you need to start looking at how to get out behind the chair. And really, you should be out behind the chair somewhere between that half a million and a million dollar a year range. That's a good point for you to start transitioning your time to the time that you choose behind the chair instead of being required to be behind the chair. Right? Yeah, because go ahead. It's just like so, some people do try to do it too early. And they're right. like, oh, see, it didn't work. It's like, well, you know, you weren't ready to do it. Your business wasn't ready to sustain that. So you know, what does that transition look like over time? Right, right. Your point, where, where are you right now? And the, the, my biggest thing is, do you have a plan to do it? Because this is what happens. Yeah, People generally top out around a million dollars a year if the owner is still full-time behind the chair. That's right. All the, because they, it all the time. Right. They, they struggle. They keep hitting this limit. And they're like, I don't know why. I can't get past this point. I don't know what it is. Because <laughs> they're totally operating different. as an employee still, instead of moving right. into management and leadership. They're, right. they're doing, right. Management and leadership is their part-time gig on the side, which is a problem right. if you're trying to grow a multi-million dollar salon. And that's the result that they're getting, is that they're right. getting a part-time. It's like, so that that's pretty much that ceiling. You know, not, not exactly. Don't take me literally. No, it could be plus or in, that, in that range of when you're hitting a million dollars, if the owner is still behind the chair full-time, I mean, I've seen people right. get to, you know, 1.5s up, but I mean, it really starts to cap out and you're working a kajillion hours. Even if you're four days behind the chair, you're still working yeah. and, and you always had that feeling of being behind. Um, and it's, a, it, it, I think it's just instinct. 
artists that are like that one, I mean, that's how they built their business is off of their back. Right. That's what so they stay there. Right. It's what their identity is, mm -hmm. is that I'm the, I can rock it. I mean, I can, you know, two in the chair and one at the bowl and, you know, let's go, go, go. Um, you know, there's a lot of identity and they can do it and they can generate crazy numbers, but in order to really grow as a bit and give other people opportunity to grow, you've got right. to have that transition. And that's the thing that we're talking about. It's like, that's where the money really starts to change. Yeah, it's not totally. money that you're getting for what you're doing because in the beginning you are, it's like, well, we need to make sure we get this. So I'm going to do more behind the chair. Mm -hmm. And at one point in your business, that made sense, but you have to transition out of that to be able to make more money. That's not to be able to go on vacation, leave for two weeks and your salon's making more money than when you left. That's right. the ticket. We talked about this a couple episodes ago. I was trying to look back and see how far back it was. I mean, in the five, 10 episodes ago, we were talking about different types of pay, right? We were talking about profit and how do you make money? Cause you have your behind the chair income, you have your manager income, you have your owner profit, and then you have your real estate income that if you purchase a real estate for your building, you can also make on the salon. And I just casually mentioned that because I think that if you set that, if you set yourself up wrong, where you're just taking a hundred percent of the income from behind the chair, this is the danger because you're paying yourself incorrectly. You've got to separate your pay so that you can make sure you're making your behind the chair income, your manager income, your profit income, so you can appropriately make this transition because if you're reliant on all your money behind the chair to really make your salon owner income, yeah, you will get stuck behind the chair forever because you'll never transition out. And if you need help with that, like call somebody like us and say, hey, I want to get some support on this and figure out how to adjust it. I mean, we had we had somebody inside our academy just, uh, I think this last, it was maybe two weeks ago, uh, Celine Dupuy, who celebrated, like I'm finally out from behind the chair. She'd been doing hair for years and years and years and was like, hey, it's my last day ever behind the chair. And it's one of the best things ever that she's done because, you know, I, I read this quote a long time ago, Doug, the only thing better than being a champion is creating champions. And I think in the hair world, people get stuck around this idea of they have to be the best. And I hear this mindset a lot. So if this is you say stuck, if this is this one you're stuck in, they go, Jason, I have to show my team what it's like to be a great hairstylist. They're, they're constantly being the example to follow instead of the leader to follow. Think about this. And I, I'm not big on sports analogies. I'm like, that's not really my jam. Okay. But like, if you think about this, if the coach is constantly trying to be the quarterback on the team, right? It's not going to work. Like the coach is not the best player on the team. The quarterback is the quarterback. The coach is designed to give the team feedback. You need to transition from being the best player on the field. And again, if you watch any sport, the best player on the field to the best coach on the sidelines. And it's a weird transition when you've been the celebrity, you've been the one that's touted after and praised over like, wow, look at what a high performer this person is. And they do more billing than anybody else. Like we have some people inside the academy that we know are the like they outbill their next nearest person by almost double, right? Mm -hmm. They're double the next nearest person. And they're like, well, I could never get out from behind the chair because I love my clients. I, I make the most money for the salon. I could never do that. And they're, they're now starting to see, and I think Doug, you mentioned it, the power of our community is like, they start to see people transition out from behind the chair and they're like, wait, is, this is possible? Like, and, and the whole thing won't blow up, explode and implode. And you're getting actually days off sometimes. I'm sorry, what's a day off again? Because they're running their business full time. They're, they're behind the chair full time with 18 assistants trying to make it happen to your point, two chairs, a bowl, and they're you know making it work. And then they're answering calls from marketing people on Tuesdays, you know, like they're trying to make it happen. 
So guys, I want you to hear, and hopefully this is helping. If it's helping, do me a favor and type in helping in the chat. But when we come back, what I want to talk about is what do you do to actually make that transition? At what point should you make it? We'll talk more about those trigger points. And then we'll also talk to what are the steps you need to put in place before you just say, hey, staff, I'm not going to be behind the chair anymore. There's some appropriate steps. We're going to tell you all after the short break. We'll be right back. Hey, HPSA listeners. Let me ask you this. Are you tired of not knowing what your hair color is costing you on every appointment and watching it chew up your profit? Well, with Salon Scale, we take the guesswork out for you. Using a mobile app paired with a Bluetooth scale, Salon Scale will tell you exactly what your color is costing you on every bowl mix down to the ground. As you mix, Salon Scale will also digitally store your formulas and track how much product is being used in real time. So you can manage your inventory, cover your expenses, and generate more profit in your salon. Use promo code HPSA10 to get 10% off an annual subscription. Salon Scale, the new standard for mixing color. We're talking today about how to get out from behind the chair. What do you need to do? When should you do it? And what are the appropriate steps to start putting that in place? Doug, you were mentioning that this isn't like one day you announce to your staff, I'm just not going to work behind the chair. Cancel my schedule starting November 1st, right? That's not how this works. What are some of the steps, or let me, before I get to steps, what what do you think, Doug, are some of the signs that you need to get out from behind the chair? You, what, what do you well, think? Are the signs? If you feel like you're, if you feel like you're behind and overwhelmed and running your business, then you're there. I mean, it's like, you know, we had people that, that started with us and they were, they were 80% of the income of their business. Uh, to begin with. And now then some of those same people are less than 10% of the total income of their business. And so that's, that, that's the, the transition that you want to head towards. Let's say you get a plan as you're growing, you know, what are your trigger points when we get to this much revenue a month, then I'm cutting my schedule back to three days a week. When we get to this right. much revenue a month then I'm cutting my schedule back to two. And I, I always tell me like, plan in well, place go ahead and kind of lay that out in the future. So people don't start booking into those other days. Uh, mm -hmm. when you make the decision, change it all the way out. Uh, that way, cause you know, if, if you're a busy stylist, people probably booking, you know, one, two, three months out. Some people probably booking for a year. Um, so mm -hmm. you, you've got to start getting ahead of that on the schedule because that's one of the it, it, subconscious excuses. People are like, well, you know, it's going to take a while to get everybody off my book once and they want to wait until everybody's off their book and before they change their Which is never going to happen. You're right. And yeah, that's what I said. It's a subconscious <laughs> thing that kind of keeps them where they are. I'm right. trying, but you know, I'm so booked out. Uh, so you just start changing that. But the, I think yeah. the real thing is getting, getting into the mindset of my job is not as much now to serve my clients as it is to serve my employees and my fellow right. stylists. That that's where I've really got to grow and develop those people. Uh, because otherwise we're going to, you know, you're, you're going to be in trouble. So I, I would just say it this way. And if you're watching this and this is, this is like hurting your soul. I just want to tell you, I can completely understand that this is, this is possible that you're like, I don't know how to make this transition, but I think you need to upgrade your impact. And, and hopefully you understand what I mean by upgrading your impact. I think so many people love on their guests so much. They don't want to give them up. Right. But if you take this idea of instead of it just being you loving on your guests, like, uh, you know, you, you maybe have hundreds of guests that you see in a given month that you get to love on, you get to make more beautiful, you get to, you know, learn about their lives and what's going on. If you can transition that love and care that you have for your couple hundred guests 
right? It could be a thousand guests. I mean, I, I, it depends on how big your salon is, right? What I want you to hear is, is that if you can take that on and say, I now need to empower five or 10 or 15 other people to be better than me at delivering to their guests, or I, I now have gotten this to this level, I have a obligation now to teach others what I know to love on their guests, I think you could upgrade your impact. Instead of just working with the hundreds of guests that you have, now you're working with thousands of guests that your salon has, but through the other staff on your team. And I think people misunderstand that, Doug. They don't, they don't feel it because they're like one layer away now, but right. like that's your job is to be plugged in at a different level and to realize that like it's okay that other people are servicing the guests of the salon and, and you're, and you know, the thing is, because I think this is a, people are like, oh, I'm going to miss my guests and they're going to miss me. And it's like, you're actually going to have a better relationship with your guests uh, because you're going to be able to go over it. Hey, how are you doing? Da, da, da. You can talk and not have to be doing their hair. So you still can have that relationship right. with whoever they're seeing inside the salon. You know, you just go around and, and it's, it's so funny because as people do it, they don't believe it at first. It's like, I actually do have a better relationship because I can be focused on the actual conversation instead of, you know, because it is whenever you get to that thing, the part of your transition is you're going into more relationships. So relationships right. with staff, relationships with clients, and you're actually going to build bigger bonds with other people's clients, which is super mm -hmm. important yeah. that right now they just kind of know who you are because they see you super busy at your station and they would recognize you, but you don't really know them. So now then you had the chance to go by, build a relationship with them. So you're actually getting to know more people and uh, more people are understanding what, because no one's going to talk about what the business is about and what we want to do better than the owner. But if the yeah. owner's chained to a chair and can't get around and talk to people, they, I mean, like even the spa area, stuff like that, it just makes a big difference right. uh, when they can get out. And, and so one of the fears of losing that relationship and losing that connection is like, that's not going to happen. You'll um, get, you'll get a deeper relationship with more yep. people. You'll have a better bead on how your salon works. And again, if you're creating VIP nights and you're active in the community, you really get to become a leader instead of somebody who just does hair behind the chair. And again, it's not, I, I hope you hear this. And I think people get so hung up in it is they, they've decided that that's the way they want to serve and they will do it forever. The only problem is you cannot make the impact on the people in your town, in your community, in your city, until you get out from behind the chair. That will be what is the level that will get you there. And Doug, I love what you said about kind of like stepping it up slowly and like saying, when I hit mm -hmm. this, then I'm going to do that. So when I hit this, then I'm going to back it off. And again, you might say, you know what? I, I never want, I never want to lose more than two days behind, like two days behind the chair is a base limit that I, I just, cause I love it. That's what I want to be doing and passionate about it. But look, there are some people that have said, you know what? I am passionate about hair, but that's, that's why I'm an owner. Not that's why I'm a stylist. And I think that transition to your point, Doug, of hitting that, you know, $750 million, $1.5 million ceiling. And a lot of times the 1.5 million is because they're husband and wife partners or something like that, that get them to the 1.5. Right. Um, if you can transition out of that and you really focus on growing the salon, you can turn it into something amazing. And what's beautiful is instead of you focusing on making six figures plus, start seeing how many of your staff you can get to six figures plus. How many people, and it's like, you gotta fall in love with their progress instead of your progress. You have to transition from a me 
to we idea. Because right now, when you're behind the chair, you're focused on me, right? You're focused on you. You're focused on like, what's good for me? What can I get? What do I get out of this? Versus if I focus on what's good for you, the rest of my staff and the rest of my stylists, who by the way, are still focused on the me, if you focus on them, they will love you. They will love you for sitting down and being like, hey, I got some ideas that'll help you to uh, you know, double your retail sales. I got some ideas that'll help you get your pre-book up to 80%. I mean, my pre-book was 90% and I'm gonna help you get yours to 80 because you're only at 60 right now. Like when you sit down and say, can I have a lunch with you? Can I spend 10 minutes with you? Your staff is gonna be enamored by what you can create and build with them. And that will help you start building that transition plan out from behind the salon, uh, behind the chair. Doug, final thought on what the heck do you spend your time on? Because I, I know we've kind of said it, but I think this is what people say. I don't know what I would do if I wasn't behind the chair. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, my whole life has been behind the chair. It's like, I, 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 my hands are, it's that, you know, Ricky Bobby. I don't know what to do with my hands anymore, right? It's, it's, it's not helpful. What, what should people be spending their time on? Well, I, I think one of the first things, it's one of the, it's one of those things that one prevents the other. When you're behind the chair, you have a hard time focusing on the profit. And that's why most salons are not as profitable as they should be. I think you start paying attention to how do I become more and more profitable, then, then you can afford to get out behind the chair because the company's making more profit. It's like, you got to get that right. Because if, if you're, because we know two, $3 million salons that make almost no profit, um, yeah. which is you know, very sad. It's, but that's just the way that they, they've always functioned. The way a lot of salons function, to be fair. And they're, and they're fixing it. <laughs> right, and they're, and they're fixing it. Yeah. And it's like, the idea is, is if you can start that early in that transition, getting focused on it, so then right. it pays you. And the other nice little thing that happens is you'll really start to fall in love with your business again, instead mm -hmm. of having your business frustrate you. Uh, Cause you get that pinch point of being behind the chair as your business is growing and people get frustrated because you're not getting the reward for opening your business. Uh, you're being, you're, you feel like you're being punished for opening your business. Right. And you know, people should feel sorry for you. Your team should feel sorry for you. They're not. It's your job to do that transition so that you can start making the profit that you deserve to make and then paying yourself for things you're doing inside of your business. And if you don't know how to do that or you're unclear how to do that, uh, it, get involved with a, a, a consulting coaching organization, whether it's us or whether it's somebody else, you need to be with somebody that's going to guide you along and give you, you know, the, the points and put you in a community where you can bounce ideas off each other you're gonna grow a lot faster than if you try to figure it all out on your own. Uh, mm -hmm. I know it was like when we were on our own and I much prefer to do it with a group cool. of people um, that move much, much faster. Yeah, and I think that's it, right? Is you gotta start, you know, Doug, we're in communities for us to help us grow our mindset. And every time we see somebody that's ahead of us making a jump, immediately you and I are like, all right, what do we need to do to get to that next level, like, right? Like every time right. we see somebody do it, we get really inspired and we get motivated and we go, okay, we've seen it's possible. And I don't think Doug and I are the most dense people on planet earth, but I'll be honest, man, sometimes we don't think things are possible. And then we see somebody do it and we're like, okay, we can do it. We can totally, if they can do it, we can do it. Like, I think right. you need to have that community of people around you that do things that you think are impossible. I mean, I go back to what we talked about up front with the drive a tank, right? Is you do things that pe most people think are impossible by going and driving tanks and like, you know, doing all this cool stuff. And you're like, I, I'm pretty sure that's impossible. Never thought about flying stunt planes. You do something impossible and then your friends go, they did it, well, I can do it too. I think you need to find yourself in, in a community. I happen to like ours, partly because we curated it. Uh, but like, you need to find yourself a community where people are doing inspiring things. 
You know, if you want to be inspired, do me a favor and type the word inspired into the chat as you're watching today's show, because when you become inspired to do better, to become more, to be the best version of yourself, you will then inspire others around you because once you're inspired, you become inspiring, right? And so your job is to not show people how to work really, really hard behind the chair, but inspire them to see the next level. And I'll leave on this thought, Doug, is I have seen so many salons and I, I can think of this one salon right off the top of my head. I won't mention their name, but a salon that we don't work with at the moment. Uh, we did in the past. We don't work with them now. And they used to hide any of their success as salon owners from their staff. You know, they would, they had a car. This is, I couldn't make this up, man. They had a different car. They would drive to the salon. Then they would drive around town for the day because they didn't want their staff to know how much money they made. And they didn't do any inspiring of their staff. And they, they, their issue was they wanted to find a way to transition the salon to their staff. And the staff was like, I don't, I don't want to do with that. They never invited their staff over to their house. They never wanted them to see that they were doing well because they were worried that the staff would think that they were taking all this crazy money out of the salon and not paying them well. And they were hiding that they were accumulating wealth through the salon. And as you can tell, that's not what Doug and I are about. Um, you know, Doug and I are about showing people and inspiring people with what you can create and what you can build. Because if you can inspire people to be a great stylist, you know what's the next thing you're going to inspire them to do? Be an amazing salon owner. And that doesn't mean they're going to leave and go start another salon. It means they're going to either buy into your salon and help you grow the salon you have, or maybe you'll get in partnership with them and start another salon and they get to run that salon. You'll run your salon. However you want that to go is you got to inspire them to be a great stylist by getting out from behind the chair, then inspire them to be a great owner by inspiring them to become shareholders and do some incredible things. And I, I want you to go from being inspiring because of the work that you do by inspiring because of the life that you create. So if that's what you want to do, say I'm in, in the chat. And I just want to know if you're down for doing stuff like that. That's what we're all about inside the Academy. Hope this has been a good show for you. And it helps you figure out a transitional plan to get out from behind the chair in a profitable and successful way. Thanks guys for being on today. Doug, as always, man, thanks for being here. Yep. Good to see you guys. Take care. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Evo Revo podcast. Today's podcast was brought to you by Salon Scale, allowing you to charge by what you know, not by what you feel. Please subscribe, leave us a review, and you can always get more information, including show notes and the video episodes at evorevopodcast.com.